Welcome back to the PM Podcast. This week we have Joe with us. We'll be discussing comics. As always, I'm here, JP and the Brian. The one, the only, the best, except no substitutes. <laughs> I don't think we could find a substitute. No, you couldn't. Okay. All right, so welcome welcome to the show, Brian. Or Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yes, welcome, Brian. Thank it's you. It's nice to have you on, finally. <laughs> welcome to the show, Joe. It's good to have you here. Thanks. Love to be here. Joe is our resident comics expert. Professional comics, independent comics, anything like that. Joe is the guy to talk to. So obviously we have him on here for our comics segment. First, a little housekeeping. So we have a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. We're working on building content. Um, we've got a lot of really exciting things. If you have at least five comics that are going to be happening soon. Uh, we recently had a app developer, Joshua Kuzner, start working with us. So soon we'll be on the App Store. So yeah, Panda Manga, there is an app for that. Uh, don't mm-hmm. shoot me. <laughs> uh, also, very good news. We have a our first independent contributor. So, so far, it's a relatively tight-knit group of friends. Uh, we've got a couple different writers, and I'm the only artist right now so far. <laughs> We're working on that. We're working on that. It's building. It's growing. We definitely have a network that's growing, but it's a very exciting landmark that we have our very first independent contributor, someone that none of us have anything to do with. We met at a convention at one point. I think it was... Justin, a long while ago, at the Sci-Fi Convention? At the Sci-Fi Horcon in uh, Sacramento. Okay, okay. God knows how many years ago. <laughs> right, and that was when you guys were first working on promoing and viral advertising for Zombie Egg. That's right. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Joe is uh, one of the staff from Zombie Egg. Hopefully we'll have him back when we do the zombie segment. Uh, but, you know, obviously Most we don't want to take up too much of his time. Yeah, like I said, I like being here. Yeah, Excellent. So, but anyway, so uh, Justin and Joe, they met uh, David Castro. He uh, likes to go by D. Castro is his pen name. Uh, so his, and his comics company uh, is Taco Comics. You can see his stuff at D. Castro. That's D-C-A-S-T-R at DeviantArt.com. Hopefully soon he'll, we'll have D. Castro at Pandamanga.com. Obviously that's not going to be going up until we're totally live, but... Again, very, very huge landmark. Extremely excited about having him with us. His stuff is really great. Really fun comics, yeah. Really fun comics. Very whimsical and uh, just creative. And from the artist's perspective, from my perspective, I really like his pen work. Uh, A lot of depth can be achieved from just black and white. There's a lot of, in modern comics, a lot of shading, gradients, colors. And, you know, obviously he's capable of all that. He does all that. But the stuff that really drew me in when I first looked at his page and the information that he sent me when we were first kind of, you know, feeling each other out and making sure that we wanted to work together was his pen work, his black and white pen work. There was particularly one of a zombie. Uh, I think it was a cover for one of his comics. Yeah. Uh, you can find it on his DeviantArt page, but it's just it's just really striking. I saw that and I thought, wow, I really want to work with this guy, so... So there, that is very, very exciting. So let's see, what do we have next here? We've got. Let me ask you one thing, oh, quick, yes. JP. Mm-hmm. Um, if there are any contributors or artists out there that want to get a hold of you, try and get on board before launch or post-launch, where would they go on the site? So you can go to contact.pandamanga.com, and that will link you to our contact form, and that is specifically for people who are interested in becoming contributors with Pandamanga. We have a forum for people, a forum, not a form, a forum for people like a BB, for people who want to just kind of chat about what's going on. And, you know, we'll have links for the podcast and links for the comics eventually. But the, the form in the, on the contact page, that's contact.pandamanga.com. That's where you go to shoot us an email, give us a link to your DeviantArt page or whatever, and then we'll, we'll get back to you. Hopefully we can work together. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. What do we have next? All right, so up next is the Indie Review. So the we, we were recently, uh, Joe and I, and uh, mm-hmm. our friends Justin and Joy, Justin and Joy. Yeah. so it was the whole crew, we went to the APE convention. Alternative Press Expo. Every year, uh, October, in San Francisco. It was really excellent. We had a bunch of fun. It was a lot of... If anybody has been to WonderCon and seen the section of WonderCon called Artist's Alley... One, uh, the ape is basically a giant artist's alley. The whole thing mm-hmm. is independent artists pushing their stuff, 
It's really, really cool. Most of them self-published. Well, all of them. All of them self-published. I saw maybe one big title there, and and that was even like an independently owned title on nice. a major publisher. And but yeah, awesome, awesome art all over the place. Everyone really into the atmosphere because it's all really personal and all really engaging because they just want their art to be seen and you know. Everyone's there just to see art. It's a really great time. Well, I, w- I would say that the artists there are so much more willing to talk to you and so much more willing <laughs> oh, to yeah. talk to you like on a personal, real, human-to-human level. You know, Some of the stuff that you find at WonderCon, and I, and I don't mean to thrash on WonderCon, it's a great convention, but the artist alley at WonderCon, I found a lot of kind of ego with the mm-hmm. artists. You know, and, and back then, when I was first... Kind of really, the first time that I went to WonderCon was the whole way, the whole reason that I started Panda Manga. I saw all these incredible artists, some of them with too much ego, but irregardless, I saw a lot of these amazing artists with with a really good work and no real website, no real web presence that was professional. You know, any any joker can go get a, a Deviant Art, you know, page. Yeah, and Deviant Art is a great website. I would suggest, by the way, anybody that's going to Deviant Art, read the fine print. If you put up anything there and you don't have a professional account, the pay account with them, that's theirs now. It's not that you can't use it, but they can also for anything they want, and mm-hmm. they don't owe you a dime. So read the fine print. Anyway, it's just a little peeve of mine. Um, so like I was saying, anybody, any joker can go out and get a DeviantArt page, but to have a real professional web presence where there's a sense of exclusivity and a sense of community mm-hmm. and a full supported you know, website with forums and blog and, you know, things like this, like the podcast. There's just a difference. And it's it. there are some of these artists that I saw there really deserve to have a web presence like that. And I thought to myself, well, shit, man, I could do that. I spent years <laughs> working at doing graphic design and coding at a web company. Why the hell don't I just step out and make this a website? So, you know, and then years later, Pandamanga kind of got started and, and here we are. But... Anyway, the, the, the big difference, I'm rambling, the big difference between the artists at Ape and the artists at something like Artist Alley at WonderCon mm-hmm. is the artists at Ape are just really approachable, really human. You know, they'll be willing to talk to you. They're interested in collaboration. I, I, we were there, like I said, just recently, and, you know, I was handing out cards and talking to people, got some names down. I mean, like this comic that we're about to talk about is from Ape. Uh, anyway, so any other thoughts about Ape, Joe? Um, no, no. Oh, the comic creator event there. That was really great. Um, hooked up with some good artists. Uh, Justin and I both got some people working on projects right now from that. So, you know, incredible resource. How no one else has thought of that before uh, escapes me. Yeah. What? What a brilliant idea. Take... A entire humongous building full of comic book geeks and say, writers on this side of the table, artists on this side of the table, talk to each other. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's a yeah. huge networking opportunity. Yeah. I mean, that's oh, one of the yeah. things that I thought about when we first went there is it's a huge networking opportunity. Absolutely. You know, and, and they were two steps ahead of me. They were like, well, yeah, it's a huge networking <laughs> opportunity. Let's have, you know, the creator. What is it? What do they call it again? The comic creator or comic crew. Uh, there were a lot of C's in it. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, Comic right. creation event, something like that. Well, anyway. But Comic it's Creator thing. Corner. That's what it was. What was it? Comic Creator's Corner. Comic Creator's Corner. Yeah. Also, one more thing that they do at Ape, just, you know, we're just shamelessly pimping Ape right now. One more thing that they do at Ape <laughs> is they do lectures. You know, some of the lectures were kind of lackluster, but some of the lectures were really cool. So anyway, we, um, oh, actually, one last thing about Ape, I swear, then we'll move forward. is. <laughs> um, if everything goes well, which I'm sure it will because we all completely kick ass here at pandamanga.com, we will have a booth at Ape next year. That is one of the big landmark goals for us is to have an, a booth at Ape. It's the right community. It's the right environment. It's the right uh, values. You know, things like the Comic Creators Corner. That's partially what Pandamanga is all about is we're Absolutely. trying to create a community. Yeah. So Ape is a beautiful place for us to really burst onto the scene in the convention sort of sense with the booth and all that sort of stuff, merch and everything. We've got friends working on some really cool merch. And so 
We will be there in force. Come see us. Mm-hmm. So question, does Ape have a web presence? And if so, what's the URL? Where can people go see it? Uh, you know what? I Off the top of my head, I don't know. They're the same people that do WonderCon. And Comic-Con. And Comic-Con. So It's on the Comic-Con website. So, okay. So, so Comic-Con.org. Comic-Con.org. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. There you go. Um, I don't know how ahead of time they have information about them, but it's relatively far. At least the dates anyway, not tickets. Yeah. Because they have to get the... The venue before they can do the tickets. Well, they have to get the venue, but they also have to get the people that are going to be setting up at the booths, too. Oh, yeah. So, there's a lot of... Pre-setup, I guess. Hmm. But anyway, so yeah. So Comic-Con.com? Uh, .org. .org. Comic-Con.org. So check out Comic-Con.org. And uh, hopefully we'll see you there next year. So let's see what we've got here. We've got, uh, yes, the Indie Review. So uh, we're going to be reviewing a comic that we got at Ape. It is called Buffalo Speedway by Yehudi Mercado. I actually had a chance to speak with Yehudi, and he was really... I, I hope that I'm not butchering your name, Mr. Mercado. It's... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he is a really neat guy. Uh, I have to be completely honest. Out of everything that I, I mean, I'm you know was was didn't have a lot of money to spend, and so I was being really careful with what I bought. And out of the two days of wandering around and being just in just orgasmic glee, comic book wise, that was the only one that I bought. Out of all the ones that I've seen, that was the only one that I bought. I really liked his frame pacing. I really well. We'll get into that stuff, mm-hmm. but. Uh, more than that, he was just a really, really neat guy. He sat down and talked with me, kind of shared with me his process, like really how he creates the comics. It was just really neat. I was really impressed. And, you know, I will, you know, shamelessly promote him. He's, you know, going to be, ongoingly, I think, one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. In the summer of 94, Houston's Pizza Boys experienced a perfect storm of events that resulted in the busiest pizza day ever. Top driver, Figs, is hours away from becoming a lifer. Since pizza delivery driving is one of the most dangerous jobs, if you make it to eight years, you'll most likely die a pizza boy. In the one bad day tradition of Harold and Kumar go to White Castles, clerks, and do the right thing, take a ride with the boys of Turbo Pizza. I had to do in a world gone mad voice. I had to. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's shameless, but I love it. Well, it works. This book... (laughs) You know, taking a really mundane topic like pizza delivery and making it into a huge epic story. That was really clever. And, you know, that's what really grabbed me. Um, the uh, the writer was able to pace it in a way that took, you know, basically not very interesting character. Well, I don't want to say it, not interesting characters, but because they were very... Actually, I really was interested with the characters. I thought they yeah. were great characters. Hmm. Well, yeah. I actually did like the characters. <laughs> so what you're saying is they're not like extraordinary not superhero Not extraordinary types. characters. Yes. They're the you know, average run-of-the-mill very, very average people. And making the story turn them into heroes of the situation. And, you know, that's really cool. It was really interesting to see that happen. And I think, you know, everybody wants that with, you know, if they have their Monday night of five jobs. At least I know I do with those types of jobs is that I try and do anything that I can in my crazy imagination to make it seem more epic than it actually is. Right. And that's what I oh, love yeah. about this comic book is it takes... <laughs> pizza delivery and turns it into this epic thing so yeah well i don't know i mean i actually worked at a pizza it was one of my first jobs is working at a pizza place of papa joe's pizza <laughs> and best pizza in town it is still it the really best is. pizza in town it's so good uh loved the discount back in the day but there is something kind of i don't know it's, it seems kind of silly but there's something kind of whimsical about it i don't know why mm-hmm. but it's it's like you know, it's an on-demand sort of thing, so if there's nothing going on, you're just all hanging out in there. It's cool all the time because you're near, you know, coolers and stuff, and and I don't know, it's just it's just fun. I don't know how many times we had, like, like flower wars and stuff. I can remember one time, I remember one time before we closed, I was closing, and this they had this manager that was just a real bitch, <laughs> and we put... 
Well, we, we knew the startup routine and she, you know, she would go in and turn everything on. It was always her that did this. And she, mm-hmm. there was this fan that you had to stand under and click a button, like pull down the little cord to turn it on. Mm-hmm. And so we put a bunch of fl- flour on the fan blades. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. She, obviously, she couldn't blame it on anybody but from somebody from the, you know, from, from the night before. We all had solidarity, though. We, we were really careful. We didn't give it up. But, <laughs> yeah, she, uh, it was so funny. But there was all just kind of antics. And, and believe me, I'm not going to do it just because I don't want, you know, any of our listeners who are eating to throw up. But things happen if you come in and you're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, always scared of that. After. Well, I mean, it's just don't mess with the people that make your food, man. Oh, no, yeah. Never. Tip well. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the moral there. So, so Brian, tell me, what did you what did you really think of the book? Well, um, I am actually working on getting back into comics in general. I haven't read a graphic novel or a comic book since probably the early to mid-90s. Uh, and I haven't read a manga, a Japanese manga, since probably... 0203. So this was my first, you know, going back into graphic novels or comics or indies in that format for almost 10 years now. So it was really good. I mean, I really loved the characters, even though you didn't have much to go off of, they still felt somewhat even though they are kind of one-dimensional characters, they are very well-rounded one-dimensional characters, if that makes any sense. Uh, they had depth to them, even though you didn't have much going on with them. Like, there's so much yeah. going on. There's a lot going on in their, like, relationships. Yeah, yeah the, the you, can feel, you can feel the chemistry um, and the interactions between them. You really feel that camaraderie. Uh, and I really, really liked two things that this artist did, which was he... In both, because in volume one, which we read, it has two chapters. And at the beginning of each chapter, they actually have this thing where it says, okay, there's a mixtape here and it has a number. That was brilliant, and right? If you, if you listen to this song during this section when we show this mixtape on the side, that you know, works well with, that's how we want you to. Right. So the book had a soundtrack. Yeah. The book had a soundtrack to it, which is awesome. Talk about making it more epic. Yeah. Yeah. That was completely brilliant. I actually like flipped through it and totally was praising him about it. Oh yeah. (laughs) Right there on the eight floor. It's just, it's just brilliant. And then I also liked at the very end, he actually had like the, in the next episode, like you would have with, yeah, cartoons like or those of sorts of things. One. You'll have like, little same snippets. Bad time, same yeah. bad You'll have little yeah. snippets of what the following episode is going to be. And he had that. That was just brilliant. I loved that. Yeah, and we the have last to find thing this, the next volume that I found so <laughs> amazing is yes, it says in the summer of '94. And I think in some bubble in the thing, it says '94 somewhere in there. But it actually doesn't give a date. But I can tell you that the exact date that this happened was on June 17th, 1994. Here's how I know why. (laughs) Now, for those who don't know me, I am the random fact and statistic guy. Brian is a purveyor of useless information and statistics. And I mean that in the best way. So here is an example. Ready? Go. This they talk about the uh, NBA Finals championships between New York and Houston, which was the '94 championship that happened in June. They also talk about in the comic that it is on a Friday. Now, Hakeem Olajuwon of the Houston Rockets is my all-time favorite player, so I followed this series greatly. There were only two games that happened on a Friday: June 10th and June 17th, or was it 9th and 17th? Anyways. They also talk about the OJ trial in this. Oh, that's right. And they talk yeah. about, they actually have the, during it, uh, they're going through the timeline and they have the on the news, the district attorney saying that we've issued an arrest warrant for OJ Simpson. Oh, yeah, that right. happened, that big, you know, slow tra- car chase with the white Bronco nice. and <laughs> game five of the NBA finals, June 17th. Also, fun random fact. 
That same day was the HBO David Hasselhoff concert special, which nobody watched, and he had to pay money back. Why do you know these things? The Hasselhoff? David Hasselhoff concert special. He wanted to try and become a legit artist in America, so he thought having a pay-per-view special on HBO of one of his concerts would be a good way to do it. Nobody well, one watched of his, it. like, German concerts? Yes. Oh, nobody gosh. watched it because... OJ and the finals. He had to, he literally had to pay HBO money back because of lack of viewership. I think, you know, I didn't even know that Hasselhoff was a musician or or had any kind of musical success. I mean, this is just a good illustration of how, like, bombed he, how he bombed in, 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 in the States was the movie Euro Trip, where they did this. Where, where there was this part where it was like a some kind of a montage, and they did like a like a soft fade uh, of him, like picture in picture on the bottom, and he was down there. And I was like, "Is that hassle?" Yes, Holy huge shit. in Germany. Dude, and Germans actually, I believe a lot of the music in Baywatch was Hasselhoff. <laughs> I may be wrong on that, but I'm fairly certain that That's he at so least good. did the intro song and some of the other tracks on that series. And also, just FYI, YouTube, David Hasselhoff, Jump in My Car, one of the greatest music videos ever. You'll thank me later. <laughs> one of the things that I really enjoyed about this, like like the guys were talking about, is the way that they kind of elevated the Pizza Boys to this legendary status. They start the book, he starts the book, with a couple stories recapping like these famous myths of like super Pizza Boys, like ultimate, the ultimate Pizza Boys. And I think the yeah. ultimate Pizza Boy was, what was his name? The... Uh, rollerballs, rollerballs. Yeah. Right. The, the ultimate pizza boy was rollerballs, and they had a couple of them in there. And one of the and they all have these crazy names like Chili Dog, Rollerballs, and then one of the main characters is Super Cheese. But it's just so great. And throughout the book, the Rollerballs is like the 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 big Kahuna in that mm-hmm. world. I, I, did he die? I don't even know. Yes. But, Ambigu- uh, ambiguously. Ambiguously. I mean, we're not reading anything. It happens in the first like ten pages, if yeah. that. But anyway, Rollerballs is great. And throughout the book, relating to what's going on. In the panels around it, there's these little tips, and it's like rollerball tip number one. Oh. <laughs> like, like one of them is you know, set your car horn to sound like a door, a doorbell, a, a doorbell, right? So, that, <laughs> so that so that people will actually come out and talk to you, you know? Yeah, they'll come to get it faster. Right, right, come yeah. to get it even quicker. You honk, honk, and then bam, you're like, all right, you can save time. <laughs> so funny. I don't know. I just what what drew what I am a stickler for the art, and I really really mm-hmm. like his art. Something that I see a lot in, especially independent comics, and some older American comics, is it feels congested. Mm-hmm. I am I really find that it's incredibly important for the frame pacing to be good and for the for the the amount of information in a in a in a, in a frame itself to to be enough to communicate what's happening, but to not be so much information that it's it's like sensory overload. Yeah. And if you've read comics from way back in the day, like the you know fifties, sixties, you can see that the the dialogue and text to picture ratio is way different than it is now. I mean, there were probably pages and pages of text to each page of actual art. Yeah, I think that's the one that you know in recent memory in pop culture that that's a good example of this that is really easy to find is Watchmen. Yeah. Now, Watchmen is definitely a more classic style, but it's still very avant-garde and very great. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely a huge amount of text in comparison to what I think people are used to. And you know, the, the book itself isn't brand spanking new. I mean, the movie's a couple years old at this point. Yeah. But when when it like really it rocketed to popular culture, you know, became a household name. You know it it. Its storytelling style in the comic book form was pretty dramatically different than what it was coming out regularly, like you were saying. Yeah. I would say that there's been a real transition to more visual storytelling and dynamic storytelling. Absolutely, yeah. Now, kind of my bread and butter back in the day, because when I was really little, I read you know Marvel, DC, Image, all that. Mm-hmm. But I kind of stopped reading comics for a while, and in high school, was introduced to Japanese comics. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and sing the praises of Japanese comics and, you know, fight over what is better because I don't think that's 
a worthwhile argument to have. I think that both of them have merit, and because they're different and unique, it gives the comic-going enthusiast, you know, more to enjoy and oh, more yeah. variety. But that aside, uh, one of the things that the Japanese comics, I, and in my opinion, in my experience, really can kind of claim as their own is the dynamic camera angles. They, I think it was Osamu Tezuka, who's, you know, of Astro Boy fame, and, mm-hmm. also, and uh, he also did... Gigantor. Right, and Buddha, and a bunch of other stuff, who, who is kind of widely considered the godfather of Japanese comics. And I mean, if you, mm-hmm. have, if you don't know who that is, look it up, thank me later. It's incredible. However, his stuff is old. I mean, like, I don't know, how old is it? It was pretty old. Well, anyway, his stuff is so old that, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to look this up. Yeah, I believe that he got his start back in the 40s. I think that... Uh, let me pull this out here. It says, In 1946, Tezuka made his debut as a manga artist with the work Machan's Diary. And in 1947, he had his first big hit with New Treasure Island. So, you know, his stuff is 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 really, I mean, at this point, you know, kind of ancient in yeah. pop culture, you know, for the perspective. It's so fast-moving. But it's still viable. It's still really fun to read. It's definitely more simple than some of the Japanese art you see nowadays, but it's still mm-hmm. incredibly dynamic. And that's kind of like the whole point of this that I'm trying to make is that that he is accredited with the, one of the first people to really use cinematic camera angles, yeah. you know, low angle, high angle. You see a lot of stuff of that era. I mean, the 40s, you know. Yeah, uh, in, all the old golden age stuff. Right, it's all eye level. All eye level, all... Uh, full body shots or chest up bust shots and yeah no big dramatic sweeping vistas if you got a look at a city it was a very it looked like a map right wasn't it until like Steranko came along that that really started to change in america if i remember right yeah i may be wrong on that don't quote me on that because my comic history is not very up to date, so yeah, um, mid seventies, okay. late seventies when they, uh, I think when um, Marvel started putting out a lot of books. Well, when did Spider Man really start coming out? Because I mean, that's 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 been a while ago, and it was always pretty darn dynamic. Oh yeah, that was all um, early sixties, sixty two, sixty three. Yeah, but I, I think that it's really important to have really good dynamic artwork and have a nice kind of open feel in your stuff and uh and yahudi mercado has an incredible ability to do that his stuff mm-hmm. doesn't feel compressed it doesn't feel tight it doesn't feel like there's too much text he tells a lot or as much as he possibly can with very emotive gestures and poses and and, and as an artist myself i really appreciate that and respect that mm-hmm. and it really drew me in and that's why i picked up his book and i said as much to him i thought it was just 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 excellent mm-hmm. And, you know, as a writer, what really grabbed me was um, the way he was able to end that book. I was just on the edge of my seat. Like, great. Now I have to, like, find it tonight. <laughs> I have to find the next one or else I'm going to go crazy. Yeah. It's something that, like, I know certain serials that are really well thought of, like Fringe or... Certain animes, I know Bleach is really, really good at that, where they just leave... It's not a cliffhanger ending, but it leaves you really, really, really wanting, like, what's happening next? What? I did, no! Why, why'd you end? No, more, please? Please? <laughs> um, and that's how I felt with this graphic novel. I actually can't wait to read Volume 2. Right. I am really excited for Volume 2. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, well, that said, let's uh, let's give it our ratings. And, and here at... Panda Manga, the PM podcast, on the comics section anyway, we have decided to rate things by issues. So one out of ten, or one one to ten, and this is sort of serves a double purpose. Yes, we wanted to have something cute and original, and it's probably not original. Somebody probably out there does this, but you know what? Screw you. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're claiming it. We're trademarking it. Yeah. Sucks of it to all be on you. Our own. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, not only is it, you know, a kind of a unique way of rating it, just calling it, you know, like popcorns or stars or something, but also it, it means something, especially to the comic reader who, you know, yeah, I I would give that 
10 issues. I would give it eight issues. I give it five. I would read five. I mean, based on my, my initial impression from this first issue or this first graphic novel, yeah, I would absolutely, you know, read this many more issues before I'd be willing to go like, well, you know, this really isn't working out, you know, mm-hmm. because this is so much more of a chance you're willing to give it or, you know. Yeah. How long you're going to invest in following a comic book, going down to the store every month to get the next issue. Right. And any good comic book will try and grab you right away. But any good story, as I'm sure Joe can back up as a mm-hmm. writer, there are times where it slows down. Character development has to happen because at the crescendo of a story, it's important for you to feel connected. Absolutely. And if you have no understanding or no connection with characters, and, and that is, you know, it doesn't matter what happens to them. And those sort of things are, you know, come about from learning about their personal lives and learning about their their heartaches and their past. And sometimes mm-hmm. that stuff isn't dynamic and exciting, but no, it no. builds connection. Oh, absolutely. The the one I just gave to you, the the Killing Joke, another Alan Moore one. Um, the action in that, you know, it's a big, thick, not a thick trade, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a trade. It's a long book, but the action is confined to about four pages. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of it is this huge buildup and, you know, the story's really basic. Joker breaks out of prison, kidnaps Batman's friend, uh, Batman goes, kicks Joker's ass, the end. Um... But, um, yeah, it doesn't need a lot of action because it's able to rely on all of that backstory, all of the buildup to make, you know, to make the action just this quick bam finish and voila, brilliant. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, I'm really looking forward to reading that. Yeah. So, okay, let's give us our ratings. Why don't you start, Brian? Okay, so volume one of Buffalo Speedway. Oh, 10 plus issues. I am really invested in this series. I am loving it. I can't wait to read more of it. And I'm probably going to see this thing to the end. Wherever it ends, if it's 100 issues down the road, I am there. And then I'll cry at the end because it's over. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Actually, you know what I'll do is I'll, 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 give it a, I'll give it a 10 plus. I really thought it was excellent. You know, there was really nothing in it that I didn't like. You know, in comics, sometimes you're reading it and you're like, wow, I really like that, but eh, that was okay. You know, but no, I mean, like every single time, every single page, every single, you know, word bubble, I was like, yeah, this is really fun. This is really Mm -hmm. good. These characters work. I like it. I like the art style. And then little flourishes like the tips from Rollerballs. And, rollerball, right? Anyway, yeah. the, the, the tips from Rollerballs and, and, and like the and mythos the and stories in the beginning yeah. and the soundtrack. I mean, the mixtapes is just excellent. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, yeah, I really yeah. I really am looking forward to reading more of this and, and you know, yeah, absolutely. So 10 yeah. plus for me. Right, I am going to go a little different, give it a 9, just because, you know, like you said, loved it, loved every piece of it. I'm just leery to give it the full 10 because... How are you going to keep that pace up? <laughs> I mean, it's going to be really hard for him if he goes 10 issues to keep that much you know that much happening in that quick uh, uh procession and 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 keep it at the quality that this first one is. True. And well, the one thing that I do like is that it seems to it's going to all happen in the span of a single day. Yeah. Is how well, the pre- the synopsis puts it, and I like the fact that it actually just shows, like in various panels, what time it is during the day. Yeah. And I think this thing starts at like what eight thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. and we end at one fifteen. I think is where we end. <laughs> so we've got yeah. a whole day to go through. Right. We have to yeah. take into consideration though that this is a yeah. trade and has several issues within it. Exactly. And, you know. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm ten issues in, no problem. Yeah. But yeah, no, I totally agree. That's it's it was great. Okay, so uh, speaking of wanting to read more, where would we go to get more of this, Joe? All right, so you're gonna want to check out uh, Buffalo Speedway by Yehudi Mercado on uh, TurboPizza.com, or see more of his stuff at SuperMercadoComics.com. Uh, Mercado, M-E-R-C-A-D-O. Um. But yeah, this it's going to be absolutely worth your time to go and check it out. Yeah, you know, and that's not the only comic of his that looks interesting. You know, in the back of the book here, I'm looking through right now, and there's several other comics 
The Throne of Secrets, New Book in the Chapter of Esther, High Point. I mean, it's just they're all very. The one that, look, that cracks me up is is Monster Job Hunter. I want to look at that. <laughs> and the, the subtext is the Monster Enforcement Agency needs you. When the military can't handle it, send in the nerds. And it looks like a bunch of guys from like a like a Geek Squad commercial yeah. with like Brock Lesnar behind them. <laughs> and it just it just looks hilarious. But you know his stuff is just is just such a kick. And there's so much more I could you know we could spend you know the whole time talking about it. So you know yeah. definitely check out TurboPizza.com and then Super Mercado Comics for his other stuff. I, I know we will. I'll hopefully maybe enjoy reviewing one of his other comics on another segment. Oh, absolutely. Okay, we're going to take a little break and indulge in some excellent music from AirPlus Recordings. Again, AirPlus Recordings is a really great recording company that I've we, we have partnered here, with here at Pandamanga. Uh, they have agreed to send us new and in some cases unreleased, which is the case today, music for us to enjoy and promo for you guys out there. So today we have uh, the artist is Vague Illusions. Uh, this gentleman is out of Port Elizabeth, South Africa. That's right, AirPlus Recordings Worldwide. It's really cool. Uh, this song is called Do You Remember? It is coming out with uh, AirPlus Recordings album The Singles, Volume 1, coming out on December 20th. I hope you like it. Okay, and we're back. That was an excellent song. I really look forward to hearing more from Vague Illusions. Again, thanks again for that song, Vague Illusions, and AirPlus Recordings for your generosity. The uh, song was Do You Remember on the Singles Volume 1 coming out December 20th. You can also find his work on drumandbass.co.za. I believe that redirects to his YouTube page. So anyway, uh, really good stuff. Uh, thanks again, Vague Illusion. Okay, so next we've got the face off. I'd like to take his his face off. You want to take his yes. face? Yes. His face off. 
Okay, so no more got... drugs for that man. <laughs> okay, so we've got we've got what we're calling a segment called we're calling Face Off or Why This Would Eat That's Face Off is the <laughs> is the full title. So in the spirit of Turbo Pizza, no, not Turbo Pizza of Buffalo Speedway. Turbo Pizza is the pizza place. So. In the spirit of Buffalo Speedway, where the average is elevated to the legendary status, we figured that we would do a face-off between the mild-mannered secret identities of two superheroes and or villains. Mm -hmm. So after much thought, we ended up picking Bruce Wayne and Norman Osborn, (laughs) Batman and uh, the Green Goblin. Right, exactly. So... Uh, so Bruce Wayne, I'm Batman, and then Norman Osborn. <laughs> it's, um, we're having them face off doing a handful of activities that you know, wouldn't normally be on the schedule or the mm. the daily routine of superheroes and or villains. Yeah, not very heroic sort of competitions, <laughs> right? Not very heroic sort of competition, exactly. And so how this is going to work is we're going to have four topics, and the three of us are going to decide who wins in each topic. In case there is a tie at the end where both of them have two, it comes down to a coin flip. A coin decides the fate of who is the better of the two and will eat the other's face. Exactly. Yeah, all, all, all a two face, a little little homage there. Okay, so let's get started. <laughs> all right, so the first is a cupcake sale and bake off. All right. <laughs> okay, so 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 whose side are you on here, Joe? So I am going to go with Osborne on this one. He's got a, a background in chemical engineering. So he's going to probably be a little more adept at uh, the actual creation of the cupcakes. Plus, I think his style has a little bit more flair, and the decoration of the cupcakes would probably uh, rake in a little bit more cash than than Batman. It's a tough choice for me, but I'm probably going to have to go with Bruce Wayne on this one. And while I think that your points are valid, that he would probably make the better cupcake. Remember, it is a sale, and it comes down to charisma. Something that Norman Osborn kind of <laughs> lacks. So that's why I would have to say, you know, you got two stands. We're at this little festival thing. I'm going to go with the guy who's a lot nicer and the much more not, friendly. The one that's not throwing exploding Exactly. Pumpkin, the one that's uh, not throwing exploding pumpkins at me and well, is looks all like rough Skeletor. and grumpy. Exactly. <laughs> I, I don't want to buy from that guy. He looks like a, you know, certified creep. Um, and so, yeah, I would have to go with Bruce Wayne on this one. All right. Well... I'm sorry, Brian, but I'm going to have to go with Joe. I am on Norman's side, and here is why. Well, two, two reasons, as a matter of fact. I, I agree with Joe. Background chemistry, very wise. I think the biggest problem comes down to decorations, okay? <laughs> now, now, Norman, right, he's got he's got some flair. He's got lots of different stuff he's doing, and and I don't know. I mean, I, I think that... that Orange and green. It's just much more fun for cupcakes. Now, he can make his cupcakes orange and green and all sort of stuff, have pumpkins on them, however he'd like to do it, without giving away his secret identity. However, we all know (laughs) (laughs) that Bruce Wayne, as far as his, like, you know, artistic skills is a one-trick pony. That fucking guy, all he has is the bat. <laughs> He's gonna get dark his cup- blue and black. Dark blue and black, right? No, but I mean, you're gonna have to put some kind. Of, I mean, this is a this is a Bake Off, man. Yeah. Got, I mean, this is this is a competition. You're trying to outsell people. It's not just colors. We're talking about like you gotta have accessories on there, man. Mm-hmm. So 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 there's there's Norman with his pumpkins. People are like pumpkins, all right, you know, whatever. They're gonna but have they're, sparklers and shit. In them. Right, exactly, but but. <laughs> But, but but there's there's poor Bruce and he's like, um, let me see. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and so all he's gonna be able to do is just bats. He's gonna put and people are gonna be like, bats? Just don't make me hungry. <laughs> Wano! Oh, see, see, there. All the more reason to back up my my point of view. Yeah. You know, pumpkins. No, no you white get, chocolate on that. Right, exactly. I'm not gonna look at that and be like, you know what? That's see, normally he could make pumpkin <laughs> cupcakes, and everybody's like, yeah, pumpkin spice cupcakes. That's awesome. Cupcakes, pumpkin spice cupcakes. That's awesome. That sounds like a great idea. You know what? That's uh, no wonder there's a pumpkin on top. Very, very nice man with a scary smile. Very, very nice. 
so, but but the, the there's there's Bruce with just bats. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Point that's my, taken. That's my yeah. not only that, but also people are going to be like, especially if he's using the exact same bat. You know, symbol. People are gonna be like, "That looks like Batman's symbol." So you know, I don't know. Maybe, hey, maybe it's an homage. To maybe the it's great an homage. Kate it's true. Crusader. It's very true. I don't know. I think uh, anyway. All right. So so so. Okay, fine. You shot down my second theory, but the first theory stands. Pumpkins more appetizing than bats. Agreed. All right. So, so round one goes to Norman Osborn. Back to formula. <laughs> okay. So round two. Picking up chicks. <laughs> okay, so who would who would be better at picking up chicks? <laughs> okay, this is dead silence. I, I, I gotta go. With, I mean, come on, Bruce Wayne. He's a millionaire playboy, one of the most eligible bachelors in the DC universe, Gotham, whatever. You know, the guy. Okay, he's rich, he's handsome, he's charismatic, he has fast cars. <laughs> he's got Alfred, which he's, is He's got so a butler. Good. Yeah, and that's sexy. I mean, you got a butler? Awesome. Um, and Breakfast in bed. Breakfast in bed, exactly. Yeah, yeah buddy. And, and, and so it's, I think that, how can you compete with that? Sure. Okay, Norman Osborn's got his science background. Norman Osborn, he's also rich and powerful. Doesn't have the flashy cars, doesn't have the personality, and looks like a genuine certified creep. <laughs> right, and he just knows philanthropic things that he's doing. He's not a philanthropist. The no. dude makes weapons. Yes. Yeah. He's like, what do you do for a living, Bruce? Oh, what do you do for a living, Bruce? <laughs> oh, well, you know, I'm a playboy philanthropist millionaire. <laughs> what do you do, Norman? I blow shit up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think if you're going to put him on a dating game, you know, type of a thing, I really think Bruce is going to win this one just off of charm and personality alone. Well, you know, Brian, I'm going to have to go with you on this. I think that I think that Bruce really has it going for him as far as the lady pickup power. You know, I mean, he's handsome. He's kind. He's I mean, he's a good guy. And yeah, that just yeah. comes through those like those like like below the surface sort of things. You know, that, that comes through, you know. Yeah. So and don't forget, you know, he has that dark past of his parents were killed, which gives him the wounded soul. Right. So, so, so actually he's got the bad boy edge plus the good guy plus yeah. the good looks and the money. Right. How yeah, can and, you compete yeah, with and, that? And of course, I'm so, sorry. How can you compete? Right. You know, I mean, yeah. and, and, you know, he just needs to be fixed. Exactly. I mean, he just needs a woman in his life to just. Yeah, he's just, so dark and brooding. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's, he, there's no chance. There's no chance. You know, you know what? I just put this together. Bruce Wayne is practically a wizard. <laughs> he lives up in his like creepy, like gothic tower house thing, all alone with his butler or his assistant. <laughs> and basically, all he does is he spends his time in the lab, <laughs> and he just mostly broods. He's a freaking wizard. <laughs> So anyway, yes, I agree with Brian. I vote Bruce. Okay. I'm going with Bruce, too. You know, there, it's really no contest. If you're putting them both in a bar, Norman Osborn is just going to look like the creepy guy in the bar. <laughs> the creepy guy in the corner. Yeah. There's yeah. just He can't even smile at a girl without her seriously thinking that he wants to, like, you know, pick things out of his teeth with their bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's... Yeah, he's just really not inviting in a social circle. He's hella creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will give him this, though. He He's able to work around that. He's cloned a few girlfriends, brainwashed a few, too. Yeah. He he has his ways. Yeah. He has a, this is definitely <laughs> Excuse his ways. me, does this rag smell like chloroform to you? Yeah, he, he's not going out... He's not going without a date if he can help it. So, so then, so then, all the more reason why he would lose at picking up chicks because he doesn't have to pick up chicks. He just makes them. Yeah, he just <laughs> grabs one out of the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so that round goes to new uh, good old Bruce. All right, so well, Brian, what do we have next? Next is quarters, the drinking game. Who will beat the other in a game of quarters? Hmm. Well, okay, so first of all, somebody's going to have to explain to me, like, if there's any, like, complicated hierarchy to quarters. Because, I mean, I may just be 
like violent, but back in high school, <laughs> which is when everybody learns drinking games, <clears throat> um, <laughs> um, quarters to me was Apparently when you would a spin a quarter and you had to keep flicking it to keep it going, and then whoever lost would have to knuckle down on the table with their knuckles, and the other guy would put the three fingers down, your pointer, your middle, and your thumb, put the quarter on his thumb, and then basically shoot the thing into the other guy's hand and just try and lay his knuckles open. Oh, God, do you remember that, that game? I do, That yes, was called quarters, too? Not... So when somebody's somebody's like, you want to play quarters? Like at a party, I was like, uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Do you remember the movie Beer Fest? Yeah, no, I know what quarters is now. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, does anybody else remember that? Like, oh, that was yeah. my first experience. I mean, you know, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm at a party. I'm gonna have a beer. I'm so cool. Somebody's like, hey, you want to play quarters? I'm like, somebody wants to play with me. Yay! You know, and I'm like, wait, quarters, quarters sucks. <laughs> Well, first of all, I also want to say Panda Manga Podcast does not endorse underage drinking and you drink responsibly. <laughs> exactly, of course not. Get home Never. safely. Yeah. So, so um, let's see. So, who would win? Let's see. Right, I'm thinking the fine, uh, like manual motor control it's going to take to bounce a quarter off the table and into a glass. Going to have to go to Bruce Wayne. You know he is throwing the batarangs. He's he's having to be really accurate with a boomerang in order to knock somebody out and not you know stick the sharp end into their eye. <laughs> and yeah, I, you know, I never even thought of that because of the whole no yeah. killing anybody thing. Yeah, accidentally yeah. impale the the dude he's trying to arrest. Uh, Osborne, he's just chucking grenades around. He yeah. doesn't it almost counts because yeah. he's using hand grenades. Yeah, he's not going to have to have the really precise aim. <laughs> so I, I think uh, Wayne's going to be able to, to score a little better. Well, yeah, I, I can see that perspective. However, however, um, A, I don't think that Bruce would even want to play because he's such a stick in the mud and also a <laughs> wizard. <laughs> And I don't think he'd drink. I mean, like, have we ever really seen him, like, drink in the comics? Like, really drink. Like, drunk. Like, like get yeah, tipsy. I don't think he was even sipping brandy out of fancy crystal glasses in the in movies. What a stick or... in the mud. Yeah. Well, so, so okay, so my perspective is this. Yes, lots of dexterity, all that. But if in a game between the two of them, A, Norman would have played before. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce is like, quarters... Quarter sucks. <laughs> no, no, but but Norman. I mean, Norman would know the game. Norman probably would be really excellent at it because he's played it a bunch. Because he's freaking crazy, but he's also not like a wizard. <laughs> and but but also, I mean, you have to take into consideration Norman, even in his normal, you know, secret identity form, the dude has super abilities. Of he's a superhuman. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you take away all of the gear. Yeah, he can't fly. Yeah, he can't blow stuff up. But but the dude is really strong, really fast. And, and along with that, I would imagine, comes dexterity. I mean, mm-hmm. so, so I'm going to have to give it to Norman for his previous experience, for my assume, assuming <laughs> that he's got definitely previous experience or at least way the hell more experience than, you know, stick in the mud Bruce. I'm Batman. And his superhuman abilities... I just I'm giving it to Norman. I'm gi- I'm giving it to Norman. <laughs> so now you've put me in a bit of a you know bind. I made a good <laughs> argument. You did. Damn straight. Now, there is the fact that Norman does have, as the Green Goblin, some extra healing factor, which I would assume helps him not get as drunk as Bruce would. And I was thinking, yeah, you know, Bruce is a playboy. He does tons of social events. He's got to have gotten drunk every now and then. But then again, he's too much of a control freak. Archmage Bruce Wayne just, you know, has (laughs) just uh, you're right. Because, you know, he gets too much to drink, tells the wrong person. I'm Batman. And exactly. (laughs) You know, while completely drunk and, you know, taking off his shirt and dancing on a tabletop. (laughs) He I just do see that. him. I see him dancing handstand like on on his hands for some yeah. reason. Like I don't know why, but it just seems to be appropriate somehow. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, you're right. You know, Archmage Bruce here, the wizard, isn't gonna do that. But there is the one thing that you know. Sure, Norman Osborn does have increased strength and dexterity, 
but who knows how much more difficult it's going to be to take something smaller, <laughs> like a quarter, and have the manual skills to pop that thing into a cup without, you know, sending it flying across the room. Um, Dude, compared embedding to, it in the table. <laughs> compared to Batman's, you know, as he had said, you know, that manual dexterity that he needs to have with the pinpoint accuracy. <sighs> um... Oh, and the coin can't decide for me. Um, that is correct. So I'm going to have to what, narrowly give it to Bruce Wayne because I could see him doing better early on and Norman getting frustrated and having more trouble <laughs> with it and his anger coming out. All right. Well, it looks like a double Bruce. So Bruce, you win this time. Last one is housekeeping. Now, this is the Brian's category. We all, we all come up with the categories and then let the cream rise to the top, as it were, and decided the ones that were really you know worth sharing with our loyal viewers. So this one is the Brian's, and according to the Brian, uh, there is a stipulation with this. Why don't you, why don't you uh, expand upon that? So with this housekeeping, so think of you got two houses, the exact same size, very dirty, and they have to clean it. But there's no help, outside help whatsoever. They have just the same type of cleaning materials. They get their same cleaning outfits. Um, they have to make the beds, put all the clothes, do the laundry, clean the counters that are filthy. Yeah. So no Alfred. No Alfred, no Alfred. No employees of Oscorp. No extra tools and no gadgets. No doing his chores. They, yeah. They, <laughs> Norman Osborn can't come up with some machine to help him. Bruce Wayne can't have his utility belt or his magic wand. So it's um, basically two men in aprons. Cleaning. Some cleaning supplies. All right. Exactly. All right. Okay. So, uh, all right. So let's see. What do we got here? Who? Let's begin. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Bruce, Bruce is just kicking butt in this. I'm going to say Bruce again, and here's why. Because, well, okay, I don't know. I mean, obviously we're you know all adults here, so we've all cleaned before. Yes. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as um, much as men actually as much as, clean. as much as men need to anyway. So um, yeah, you know, and I can I can speak for men everywhere. Cleaning sucks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there are so does. many other things I'd rather do with my time that like I'm always choking down this like. This this is stupid, you know, like sort of thing going on whilst I'm cleaning. I'm like, man, I'd rather be doing something else. Anyway, so, uh, I mean, cleaning's important. I understand. Mm-hmm. I do it anyway. But I choke that feeling. That, 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 that feeling is still there. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking Bruce, with all of his brooding and all of his, like, introspection and willpower and discipline, he'd power right through it. He'd do it. He'd knuckle down. And put his shoulder to the grindstone and finish. And it would be clean and it would be good, even though no one would ever see it because he's a wizard in his castle. <laughs> but um, I, I think that, that Osborne, I think he would get sick of it pretty quick and just and just blow it up. I think he would just blow up the house and just buy a new one because he's obscenely rich. I just don't think he has the patience for it. I think he's angry. He likes to blow things up and, you know, just, just can't handle... I don't think he has the discipline. That's, I guess, that's what it is. I mean, and... and Cleaning takes discipline, I guess. <laughs> it does. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway, so 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 to round it out, cleaning sucks. Doesn't not fun to do. And Bruce is good at doing stuff he doesn't want to do. Norman, not so much. So I'm gonna go with Bruce with this one. Now, you know about the cleaning sucks thing. For me, what I love to do is crank up some music and act almost like Buffalo Speedway. Yet going back to our comic review where. I try and, in my mind, make it much more important and epic than it really is. Um, that's just how I survive cleaning. Otherwise, it would destroy me. Um, yeah, mopping is a lot more fun when it's a race. Exactly. <laughs> or a dance. Yeah, oh, by the way, a little side note. Best way to mop, get some soapy rags, put them on your feet, and then just skate around the kitchen. That's huh? right. Uh, kids, don't do that, but it's really fun. <laughs> but don't do that. <laughs> um and, you know, my thought initially with this was I was thinking Bruce Wayne did this hands down because Norman Osborn, he's just too arrogant. He would feel that this is beneath him. 
but I'm starting to think about it. And Norman Osborne is listed as a manic depressive. And I believe you help me out, Joe, because I don't know the character as well as you do. Is he a bit OCD? Um, I, I don't remember anything specifically calling that out. Okay. But, um, yeah, manic depressives and psychotics are usually really fastidious. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, if you can find someone who has obsessive compulsive disorder, have them clean your house because it will be spotless and germ free and amazing and Trust me, that's that's the way to go. Think like Monk, you know, he has to wash his hands a billion times and all that sort of stuff. Right. It's If he has the OCD and, you know, he's a bit manic and he's just like hyper, you know, maybe he'll go after it. But that's just too many ifs. So the arrogance minus Bruce's dis- – or against Bruce's discipline. I got to take the concept, which is Bruce's discipline. I think he's going to win this one. All right. I am siding with uh, Osborne on this one. Uh, just because... Back to formula. <laughs> yeah, because he's a smart guy. You know, smart guys are, are... They're usually a little cleaner. They keep their stuff organized. You know, he's going to be really, really nuts about getting in between each tile. You know, he's insane. So he's... <laughs> If he's if he leaves it half done, it's gonna really drive him nuts, and and then he will end up blowing the place up. But that'd be a bad investment, and he is a businessman. That's after. true. So, so you're gonna true. go you're gonna go with Norman on this one, yeah. and you know Bruce is uh, he's had a butler his whole life. He's not gonna be able to reach the level of clean <laughs> that I think a crazy man who works in a lab is gonna be able to. This is probably very true. That so, is probably true. Yes. All right. So. All right, this guess is two to one. Um, Bruce wins again. Just, uh, just can't defeat the Bruce apparently. So that, uh, so, so, Bruce wins our face-off. Our inaugural face-off. Our inaugural face-off. Uh-huh. Bruce wins our inaugural face-off. Good job, Mister Wayne. So good job, Bruce. You, Congrats uh, you, to you. you are, I'm Batman. Yeah, you're Batman. Very nice. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> All right, so on to other things. Okay, so that's uh, that's all we have for you guys today. Thanks for uh, spending your time with us. Again, thanks again to AirPlus Recordings for providing us with the artist Vague Illusions' song "Do You Remember." Again, that's coming out in AirPlus Recordings' The Singles Volume One, coming out December twentieth. And again, you can find that on AirPlus no on SoundCloud.com forward slash AirPlus Recordings. And the comic that we reviewed in the indie review was Buffalo Speedway by Yehudi Mercado. You can check the Buffalo Speedway out at TurboPizza.com. His other works are available at SuperMercadoComics.com. Uh, we all really enjoyed it. It got a unanimous thumbs up at the very least. Absolutely. Do yourself a favor and pick up a copy. Yeah. And do the artist a favor and pick up a copy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, you know, all of, as far as I understand, all of his stuff is self-published. It's one of the reasons why I really wanted to start with... Uh, with Buffalo Speedway because it's it. I just really think that that's worth supporting. You know that community is working hard. They're not making the money that you know the 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 big professionals are, and you know it's just it's it's. But he's hard. doing something he loves, right? And, and he's doing in the end, that's also what PandaManga.com is all about: supporting the small independent comic artists. Yeah, I mean that's where that's you know you know that's where my heart is, and so I really wanted to start with that. So so go check it out. Support uh, Yehudi Mercado. And check out TurboPizza.com and SuperMarcadoComics.com. All right, so thanks for being with us, and we will see you guys next time. Thanks for joining us, Joe. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we look forward to having Joe next time. Hopefully we'll have Joe on our zombie survival segment. Um, We will also have the rest of the Zombie Egg team with us. Again, you can check out Zombie Egg at Zombie-Egg. That's dash or minus for some freaking reason. It's the same thing. Uh, but zombie-egg.com uh, for all of your zombie survival needs. And uh, we'll see you next time. It's good having you, Joe, and look forward Thanks, to having you again. Man. You guys. Bye, everyone.
Thanks for listening. Be sure to visit pandamanga.com for all your indie comic needs. If you have any questions or comments on today's show, please visit our forums at forum.pandamanga.com. Anyone interested in becoming a contributor with Pandamanga, visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there. This is The Brian, and we'll see you next time.